Well, Merry Christmas. Oh man, that's not even close. Merry Christmas. There we go. Man, it's great to have you guys here. My name is Tim Harkness. I'm the senior pastor here at Harvest. We just want to welcome you here this evening. Man, we are here to make much of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, man, we're walking through a time here where we are making much of our Lord and Savior. This season of Christmas is all about Him. And we are making much of the incomparable Christ. There is nothing and no one that compares to Him. You know, as we've been walking through this series in December, we've been looking at Him as the eternal King, God Almighty, in charge of the universe, God from eternity past to eternity future, fully in charge. Man, He speaks and this world exists. He is eternal King. But then He stepped into His physical world that He created and he humbled himself, and he became a child. He came as humble child. He could have come with awesome fanfare, making much of him, but he chose to come humbly. Jesus Christ, eternal king, humble child, and then growing teacher. And man, we better get clear on what that means. Man, God did not set down his ability. He is fully God while being fully man. And so as we talked about, maybe the best way to understand it is like a blindfold that he willingly took on. And uh, while he had these full abilities, he was willing to let those abilities be limited for that short season. And as he was growing up, it wasn't that he was gaining ability, but it's that the blindfold was coming off and the abilities he had were getting revealed out to a community around him and people were stunned with the greatness of Jesus Christ, growing teacher. And tonight we're gonna look at him as exalted savior. Man, he is the savior of the universe. We have hope in Jesus Christ and him alone. And all of God's people said, he is exalted savior. And we're gonna take a look at him just a little bit tonight. And, and uh, so we're gonna go to Matthew chapter two. And just walk through a few verses there. Matthew chapter 2, just starting in verse 1. And uh, how should we respond to this exalted Savior, Jesus Christ, who is incomparable? How should we respond? Well, the first point, the first step, come expectantly. Come expectantly. Man, we need to come to the feet of Jesus Christ, expecting greatness from him, longing for him to blow us away with who he is. And, uh, Matthew chapter two, starting in verse one, it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this is after the time where Christ, the king of the universe, one who spoke and the physical existed now came in and took up presence within the physical. Emmanuel, God with us. After that time where Christ now on earth, fully God and yes, growing up as a little one, it says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, we say, check it out. 
And uh, just so you know, when you read scripture, make sure you actively read scripture. The word behold means check it out. Look at this. The next thing to come is huge. It says, and behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Why is that a big deal? Well, these wise men most likely came from Babylon. And uh, some 600 years before the time of Christ, all of it being set up as Daniel was taken prisoner, pulled out of Jerusalem and taken over to Babylon. And Daniel, who was a slave in Babylon, worshiping his God, and God had a plan. Everybody just say, God had a plan. And God had a plan. And he took this Daniel and he lifted him up. And he ended up making much of Daniel because Daniel was making much of his God. And Daniel was placed over the wise men, the men who were in charge of information to the king. Daniel ended up revealing out things to them that they didn't know, him being in charge now of them. And these wise men who looked to the stars, these wise men who ended up looking to information around them, sometimes even into dark areas of a cult and whatever, Daniel now over them said, we're not going that way anymore. And he started teaching them other things about integrity and rightness and some things to be said. And then he shared the greatness of the story of the Messiah, the coming king. As God revealed it to him through dream, Daniel revealed it out to those wise men around him. And he said, listen to me. The king of the Jews is coming, the Messiah. The king of kings and Lord of lords, he's coming. And here's the timetable, Daniel chapter 9. He laid it out. And as they walked through that timetable and looked expectantly, man, I'm telling you, we're going to do the same coming up in uh, the winter and spring in a study we do with the last half of Daniel. We're going to walk through, and part of it is Daniel 9. We're going to see what these magi, these unbelievable wise men saw and what they were expecting as they looked at the years and the predictions of exactly when Christ would come. Can you imagine being some of those guys? And as they're walking through and it's getting closer and they're starting to see things happen and unfold and they're watching the calendar progress and they start counting down and they get to the right year and they're like, it should be this year that he comes. And all of a sudden, a star. It says, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. The men from the time of Babylon, 600 years before, wise men, looking expectantly and sharing the story down and planning accordingly, and now the time has come and the star has shown and they showed up to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is what? Man, they came to worship Jesus Christ. It says, when Herod heard the king had come, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When Herod heard, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Why? Well, because when Herod ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? And uh, he's getting pretty bent about this new king that's supposed to be around, and they're like, what does that mean? And he's like, maybe this guy's going to take over from me and maybe I should press in. And everybody in Jerusalem starting to get a little worried about how he might act in to Jerusalem because of it. 
Everybody was troubled. I'm telling you, Herod was not coming expectantly. He wasn't there to worship. Herod was selfish, self-absorbed, and it was all about what he could keep for himself. And our call is to look more like the wise men, coming expectantly. It says, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And then they quoted Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It says, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Man, the promise here in Micah that he would be born in Bethlehem. That's the exact place where Jesus was born. The problem from I or the promise from Isaiah that it would be the one who would be called Emmanuel, God with us. The King of Kings stepping into this place for you and for me. Man, how important of a moment was it? This important that God wrote it in the stars that this was the time. God wrote it in the scriptures that this was the plan. God had a plan. Everybody just say, God had a plan. And God had a plan. And he was working with these guys and revealing out the king of the universe, Jesus Christ. A simple question. Are you coming expectantly to your King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Are you giving your heart to him and worshiping him? Man, it's easy in this season to get all wrapped up in the busyness and we forget about the one that it's all about. May we make it all about our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we come expectantly and worship him with all we've got. And all of God's people said, and that's the first step, second, Worship passionately, sacrificially, and wisely. Worship passionately, sacrificially, and wisely. It says, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. He pulled them together secretly. Just so you know, you're not up to anything good when you're doing something secretly, right? And he pulled them together secretly, it said, and he sent them to Bethlehem. Can you imagine? The king is now talking to these wise men from another country, and he sends them. Where does he have that authority? He's like, now go to Bethlehem. And the wise men are looking at each other like, who's this guy? We're the one that traveled this far on our own volition. Of course we're going to Bethlehem. He sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. All right. And everybody say, that's a lie. Herod was not there to worship. And that's not what it was all about. His goal was to steal. It was all about selfishness. He had not come to worship and he was trying to do something else. And I love this next statement. It says, after listening to the king, they went on their way. After listening, notice it doesn't say after believing the king, after grasping what he said and really following through because they fully understood what he was all about. And no man, they were listening, they heard it and they didn't really believe it. It didn't make sense to them the way he was acting and behaving. They didn't trust him. And then says, 
and behold, which means check it out, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Can you imagine? You're the wise men. And you've been traveling from a distance far. You've heard about this for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's been passed down. You're tracking with this star. And all of a sudden, the star again rises up, raises over, and sets down, telling you exactly where you should head. Can you imagine the confirmation they were sensing? It said, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I mean, we're not sure exactly what this looked like, but this had to be some variation on an ancient Middle Eastern high five. You know what I'm saying? They were getting all pumped on what was going on. They're like, yeah, man, can you believe this? And, and they're exceedingly joyful. There's a point where they were hiking up their ancient robes and they were doing a little bit of an inappropriate dance. They're like, yeah, man, the star, look, it's moving. This is unbelievable. And better grasp how huge the celebration was as they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. How much joy? Great joy. They were celebrating that the Messiah had come and their worship was going to be brought to him. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave what they had as treasures to him. And I just wrote this down, man. Three elements of true worship. Three elements of true worship. True worship includes understanding. And you cannot worship Jesus Christ if you're not grasping some of who he is. He is the eternal king. He is God Almighty, and from eternity past to eternity future, that is true. He is the eternal king. He did come humbly as a child. Minimal fanfare. Our God is all about humility. He did take the blindfold off over time and reveal more and more of the greatness of himself. He did. And I'm telling you, he is exalted Savior. Him for me. Jesus Christ, he came for us. He went to the cross for us. We have hope because of him and his work for us. As his blood was shed for you and for me. And Jesus Christ, he is our exalted savior. He is our very hope. And we need to understand who he is. Do you understand? Second, true worship includes posture. It includes posture. Notice it says that they came in and they fell down. Posture before your Savior. As we go unto our knees before him, as we take time before Jesus Christ, man, throughout your day, throughout your week, make sure there are moments in time where you are on your knees. He deserves it. Jesus Christ. Make much of your Savior by your posture. Understanding who he is, taking a posture before him, and true worship includes sacrifice. Us giving to him. Yes, it is about him for me, 
But man, if we're truly worshiping him, it is about me giving all of that I can back to him. True worship is me pouring it out for him, just like they came in and poured out gold and frankincense and myrrh. Man, are you pouring it on for your Savior? Are you ready to make much of Jesus Christ in your life, truly worshiping him? Christmas, it is about celebrating that Jesus Christ is the exalted Savior. He is our hope. May we bring it with all we've got. And all of God's people said, Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We are amazed by you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our King. You are our hope. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. We have everything because of you. We now come before you expectantly. We worship you with all we've got. We're making much of you in this moment, in this weekend, and throughout our lives. May you truly be celebrated. It is in your holy, amazing name I pray these things. And all of God's people said...